My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. My name is James. And I'm Colin. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars. It's David James Colin again. The original three. The OGs. Kind of strange. We haven't we haven't done this in a while, all three of us together. But I'm glad to be here with y'all. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is gonna be exciting. It's, it's gonna be a lot of fun today. I'm gonna have a lot of fun. I'm drinking a monster right now. So oh, wow. yeah, a, a monster, yeah. huh? I was gonna... Monster James <laughs> incoming. So before we get started, we definitely do want to recognize our awesome Patreon support. We probably have some in the chat right now. On the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, Zach Netzel, and Mariana Atia Arnold. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan Opaker, Liam McCallion, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much for all your awesome support. We love you guys, and I also want to give... A couple of other special shout-outs. Uh, one to Tim Seitz, who is the uh, meme lord on Facebook. <laughs> he drops so many memes in the Star Wars Stuff podcast Facebook every group. Every day. Every day. Uh, yeah, and everything that I invite him to, he accepts the invite, and he's he's always dropping stuff. Um, yeah, I think he he lives out in uh, in California, where you live, James. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, you guys should totally meet up. Yeah, we should. <laughs> So uh, I wanted to add dress something. It's very controversial. It's been happening for five years. Every time that I mention Max Rebo, James met, rolls his eyes. James, <laughs> why do you not like Max Rebo? Like it's it, 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 it is it because he's blue? Is it be because he worked for Java? Like why? It's because he worked for Java. No, no, honestly, it's, uh, you know, the job's a job, man. Yeah, yeah. geez, come I'll, on, man. I'll never get over that shirt where it's the Max Rebo band. Uh, tour galaxy tour yep, and like I the first that. gig was java's palace yeah <laughs> so you never they never quit <laughs> but um no <laughs> on, honestly it's it's just i i, I enjoy <laughs> watching you defend max rebo like for me that just makes me laugh so i always do my best to, to see okay. how, how far i can push colin to uh oh, okay to really right. really dive into max rebo and yeah. why max rebo is the best yeah. Good Evan O'Paker, our awesome patron, is in the chat. We met him in London. It was so awesome to meet up yeah. with him. Yeah, I wish we spent more time with him, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was hectic, but uh, yeah, thanks, Evan, so much for all the support. Um, also, the other yeah. person I want to give a shout out to is uh, Jordan Tindall. He uh, was at uh, I I think you might have met him, James. Hmm. He was, um, or maybe you were gone. He showed up as Vader in the five hundred first. Oh, I must have must have missed him. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, Jordan, he actually listens to us um, when he uh, goes on uh, long road trips and um, every other time. I think he listens to the podcast all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a real good friend of mine uh, in the five hundred first, and he was actually on my first very first troop when we uh, trooped the uh, Best Buy physical media drop of Solo. <laughs> and yeah, he he was a trooper. He was a TK. I was a Tie pilot, of course. But uh, yeah, he has like nine different costumes, so he's like a big time Star Wars fan. Plus, we did an hour stories, which he's like, uh, "Can I get the video file for that?" And I'm like trying to find it on my laptop, and it's like impossible for some reason. My MacBook is just 
not cooperating. But yeah, I want to give a shout out to Jordan. So nice. Thanks for all the listens and uh, the friendship, man. So yeah, there's a lot to, of stuff to talk about here. Um, it's uh, uh, our first topic is kind of concerning. Um, it has to oh. do with uh, I think a lot of the news that everyone's kind of hearing about. Yeah. And unfortunately, it has to do a lot with it. It has a huge impact, I think, on the future of Star Wars, and I think there's going to be huge domino effect. I think a lot of the series and films, possibly, which would be horrible, might get delayed even more. So it's essentially the uh, SAG-AFTRA strike that's happening. And this story comes to us via Bespin Bulletin. And it's kind of lengthy, but it's very detailed. And I just want everyone to kind of get in that headspace of knowing the details on this current actor strike is. So I'm going to read a bit of the article here. So... Uh, this says a couple days ago, the contract between SAG-AFTRA and the Hollywood studios came to an end at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time, and a new deal failed to be struck. Following SAG-AFTRA and its members are now officially on strike and hitting the picket line. So what does it mean for Star Wars? SAG-AFTRA, Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, also includes radio, which represent 160,000 actors, has voted unanimously to strike amid failed talks with the Hollywood studios being represented by the AMPTP. Members of SAG-AFTRA will join the Striking Writers Guild of Hollywood, uh, who are on day 73 of the strike with no end date in sight on the picket line and will result in Hollywood itself almost shutting down completely. The impact of the strike will be felt across the globe as the strike will shut down films and scripted television series that employ SAG-AFTRA members around the world, and not just in the United States. However, soap operas will not be impacted as they fall under a different contract. Oh, thank God. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good to know that. So, I, Disney, yeah. CEO Bob Iger, who is looking to potentially earn $27 million this year, says that both the Actors and Writers Guild are being unrealistic in regards to their demand. Whoa. Level- <laughs> So Bob Iger says there's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they're adding to the set of the challenges that this business already is facing. That is, quite frankly, very disruptive. Iger's recently extended contract at Disney could see him earn an annual bonus or bonuses of up to five times more than before. That's so gross. this brings us to the question, what does this strike mean for Star Wars franchise, which has various projects in development and are gearing up to release two series this year? Uh, members of SAG-AFTRA must immediately stop work on a film or TV set and cannot continue until an agreement is reached between the union and the Hollywood studios. This means that if a TV series or a film is currently in the midst of shooting, those actors represented by the union must halt work. Currently, there's only one Star Wars project filming, and or season two, which has been shooting since November and is aiming to wrap sometime in August. Any actors... Part of SAG-AFTRA must immediately stop work, and this will likely lead into delays in production and or production being stopped until an agreement between the union and studios is reached. However, one production unrelated to Star Wars that is filming in the United Kingdom, just like Andor, Season 2 is the second season of The House of the Dragon, which will continue to film despite the SAG-AFTRA strike. 
According to Variety, as the HBO series is composed of mostly British actors that are working under contracts governed by the UK Union Equity, and because of this, filming is technically allowed to continue as Equity members are not legally allowed to strike in solidarity with the SAG-AFTRA. Variety added that strict union laws in the United Kingdom are preventing an extensive show of solidarity from Equity who can't legally call a strike due to restrictive UK legislation. It's unknown if this will play any part in Andor's production, as many British actors are involved in the series. So guys, what do you think about the strike? How it affects Star Wars? Yeah, Bob well. Iger's statement? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something else uh, that is going to, um, that is definitely going to affect Star Wars going forward is something that, that Bob Iger said as well, uh, which is that he blames too many um, Star Wars and Marvel um, Disney Plus shows for weakening the audience focus and attention. Yeah, that's a separate story we're going to talk about later. Well, well, right, but I'm mentioning that because that's going to add to affecting Star Wars going forward. Um, you, you have to think of which I know James can probably relate to this because of he is in that like that's what he does for a living, and and I can't even imagine of of what's going through people's heads. But what Bob Beggar said, I think he. Uh, I don't know. I just think things should run their course. I don't think he should have said that. I think that's, I felt like that was kind of out of place. I mean, how do you feel about it, James? Yeah, him. (laughs) What's really funny is, you know, when the Writers Guild, when they first went on strike, some of the uh, big, big timers were like, this is ridiculous what they're asking for. And it's like, you guys are making millions a year yeah and you're complaining that writers want just a little bit more and then actors same thing and then i and then he you know bob i you know bob Iger did not look good with these statements no considering he just extended his contract and he's gonna be getting even more uh as a bonus it, it, it's like i don't know it, it's it's all a mess and it, it really sucks because a lot of people i know are they that all the work has stopped now like everybody is like okay we're not going into work um and even movies like oppenheimer and barbie they were on the red carpet but then after that they had to stop because they cannot be on, on um they can't be at events like that anymore because of the strike so the fact that this is happening the fact that we have three star wars movies about to go into production or you know pre-production it's kind of scary thinking we're not going to see this first one until maybe 2027 or 2028. Yeah, like these movies push back. These movies are going to get pushed back. There's no way they're not going to be pushed back unless by some miracle, the scripts are written. They're able to build the sets already, you know, cause those, those, uh, 
unions are still working. Those guys could still work, but it just sucks that your talent, <laughs> the main focus of what we're all doing here is, is not there. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just really, really upsetting that this is all happening right now. And like I said, Bob Iger's uh, state, and it's not just him. Others, others have come out and said similar things. Um, just this does not look good in, no. in this situation. And um, I'm a little, little upset at, at Bob, my good friend Bob Iger for uh, for what he said about, <laughs> about what he said about that. <laughs> yeah, that's my talk opinion. some sense into Bob James. I know. Next time I see him, I'm like, hey man, come on, dude. you can't be, you can't be doing an interview on a on a freaking resort. <laughs> You know, <laughs> talking about this. Thing. Yeah, that funny. That interview is like in a nice place, and it's like a resort that costs I don't know how much money to stay there. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do my yeah. my interview here and talk to people." Yeah, I, I, it's it's just that it just doesn't sound like they're. I think they're kind of, which I know David said it's a it's a different topic, and 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 we'll talk about it. But it's just like. There were a lot of things in that interview where I was like, "Is this Bob Biker? Is this like, <laughs> like I, I it it just it didn't sound like him?" Um, because you have to think, th- this is the guy that pushed for the MCU. He pushed for Star Wars, also the studio Pixar, like very big big studios to do more projects, and now he's doing like a. It's like he's going backwards and being like, "All right, let's uh, take a step back." So no, it's 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 very interesting. Um, like it, it's a very interesting take on his part. I just didn't think he would say any of that stuff. And I know some some people are very different about it, but yeah, it almost feels like I I totally agree with what you're saying, Colin. It feels like you could cut Iger and replace it with Chapek. It feels like a Chapek statement more than an Iger type statement. <laughs> Yeah, it does feel like it's true. like it's like what happened to Bob? I mean, it's so, so here's what I think. OK, so I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves with, yeah. with this. But but here here's the crazy thing is um, I think COVID ruined a lot of things for for every company, not just yeah. Disney. Yeah. But a lot of companies are still trying to play catch up to what was lost during COVID. Um, and so the fact that this is happening, I can understand maybe I'm not siding with Iger, but I'm just saying this is probably Disney's like thing, which is like, man, we're trying to get back on track and you guys are not going to take the little bit of money we're trying to get. You know what I mean? They're like, just take this little bit of money so we can make more movies and then we can, we can make more money. Um, so they're all, and it's really funny because they're all frustrated about this. And it's like, well, if you just pay them a little bit more, yeah. pay them what they're what they're owed, I it, it'll make everything better. Because you know these movies cost, you know, what was it? Indiana Jones was almost three hundred million to make, which and is, they made one hundred and thirty million that opening weekend. Yeah, so he was well, blaming. Oh, okay, so sorry, I I I just have to say this be, be because of during the interview he blamed Disney Plus for some of those films not doing well in the box office because of Disney plus. And I'm like, Indiana Jones had nothing to do with that. Now, if you were talking about like some of the Marvel shows, maybe because they did go over the top with those Marvel shows. There were a lot of Marvel shows. Star Wars, I think is the right amount. Um, And I'm not, 
trying to sound biased because we are a Star Wars podcast, <laughs> but with Marvel, there was at least 14 projects. Uh, yeah, 14 Marvel projects. Like There's a lot. Yeah, like, lot. like last year alone and for Star Wars, it looks like we're starting to head in the right direction, but honestly, the amount of Star Wars that we've been getting, I think is the right amount. We aren't going over the top with these, like, you know, with a show happening right after another. There are those nice breaks. Uh, and with Marvel, it's like, all right, we just got done with She-Hulk. Now let's go to Miss Marvel. And you're just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's the correct order. But it's just like, there is truth to what he's saying, but you can't compare Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones had nothing to do with the streaming service. The only thing that Indiana Jones, you know, might've done is like, it was out of the Disney plus. Now they're on Disney plus now, including the young Avengers of Indiana Jones. But I don't think a new movie had anything to do with that. Um, I think that you took Steven Spielberg, you, you took away his, um, freedom on the project and you were giving him strict guidelines on how to make the movie and you can't do that with the Indiana Jones movie and they were like, okay well alright Steven what do you want to do and he was like okay well I, I really don't want to direct it so then they gave it to James Mangold and then you had Steven Spielberg take that executive producer um, position and you definitely see how different it is when Steven Spielberg is not in the director's chair. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is what affected it because the original script had more involvement with Marion, uh, than her small cameo, uh, that she did in the final cut of the film. And that's because they took Spielberg out and they wanted to go a different route. And that's the big thing going forward is like with these films is you'll definitely hire people like Phil, um, like, Phil Lord and 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 all those people for solo, and then you have uh, and then you hire hire Colin Trevorrow as as well. But then you take the freedom away, and you give them more strict guidelines. Then they're not going to want to do the projects. So I think that they pitch something to them, and then they kind of change the guidelines going forward in the projects, and that's what drives the original directors away or the original people working on the project and then you get what we get and i think that's something that they need to work on going forward and um they didn't really put any restrictions on the marvel shows for disney plus i think that was a big thing uh so on, on honestly the ball is in their court and they're trying to blame other things when in reality it is on them and i don't think they're taking responsibility penalty for their actions when they should yeah i i think there's a lot of factors that go into it i mean the pandemic of course is a major factor and the fact that streaming kind of is this big kind of experiment to try and make more money of course because that's really the goal of corporations is to make more money um and it's it's not really working out now i mean it, it seems like everything as far as like subscriptions have, have plateaued or um, losing subscribers, essentially. And it, it's not the best way to make money for, for these studios and, and for these corporations. And uh, they figure that out. 
um, you see less now on streaming. And there's a lot to the fact that you've conditioned the public now to think I can skip the theater and just wait for streaming. And that's, that's a huge, huge disadvantage because I mean, they're not going to make that money on ticket sales at the box office in comparison to what they can make, um, what they're not making with just getting the, whatever it is we pay for Disney plus or max. I mean, it's a flat fee and you're not making that extra money back in like the nineties, early two thousands movies had so much life. They had life at the box office and they had life on physical media, on DVD, on VHS. Now it's, you can't really depend on that anymore. And the CEOs and all the executives want to be still be paid the same, but now we have the situation we're in now where we have a huge pay gap and what this Facebook user just said, Sean Gunn said it on the picket line that back when, before we had streaming, essentially um, CEOs were making maybe 30 times more than the lowest paid worker. Now in Bob Iger's uh, reality, he's making 400 times the lowest paid worker. So yeah, there's a big disparity there. And uh, yeah, 27 million a year is a lot of money um, for so someone that doesn't create anything that <laughs> they, that they essentially ma- oversee and manage and make like, yeah. the final decision and write their name on the checks. I mean, I, man, Bob Iker had to me, he, he had such a wonderful opportunity to kind of swoop in and do something drastic that he probably had the power to do, but he just didn't do it. Cause if you think about it, he was already retired. He, I mean, did he need this money anymore? I know. I mean, 27 million extra dollars in one more, in two more years, three more years. I mean, he already had as much money as he really needed because he was retiring. But see, also the other thing that's in play is a lot of people think he's going to run for like political office too. So, we don't know what that strategy is all about, if that's even a thing, but he's always denied it. So that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 prediction is he might run for president. So it's um whoa. Yeah, we, we, we just don't <laughs> we just don't know all those different factors that come into play, but it's like, man, you, the the statement, yeah, we're going into the other the other topic here, but yeah, it's it's wild that that he made that statement. But going back to the actors, though, the actors in England, yes, they're some of them are part of a different guild in comparison to what the American actors are. But it's still shutting down Andor season two, whether they are or they aren't. So that's shut down, and that's going to be one of the most anticipated second seasons. It should be bigger. It should be faster, more intense. Favorite characters are returning allegedly, so it's it, it's just a bad situation. And the writer strike was still ongoing, and then the actors joined them, so we're just kind of like in a mess right here. It's a standstill. Star Wars is going to be affected. All your favorite IP is going to be affected. Marvel, DC, whatever you like or love, it's it's going to put a halt to things. And there was another statement that was put out. I don't think it was by Iger, but. Someone told, I guess this was through a source or something uh, via like the AP, but there's an executive that made the statement of, oh, yeah, we're just kind of waiting. We're waiting them out until they either lose their housing or they just quit or something. 
And that's like not the way to go. It doesn't make any sense because all the actors are all the creatives, all the people that do the thing that's making you crazily rich. So it's like, wouldn't you want to just take care of them just a little bit more and give them a livable wage so that they could actually do the thing they love? And the money's there, essentially. It's just yeah, it's a huge disconnect. I definitely think if this goes long enough, you know, if if this goes into the next year, you have to think about, you know, there's a lot of films that that are coming out right now, but if they keep going the way that they are, Deadpool probably won't come out next year. All the big movies will probably get pushed back, and then next year's going to be a big flop, and that's going to hit the entire film industry so hard. And it's and they are going to have to make a decision real quick because they're running out of time uh, for a couple of these release dates for these movies. And then you also, you know, not just the movies coming out next year, but you have to think about go, going forward as well. Like for, for like for all the new upcoming Star Wars movies, for the, all the new upcoming Star Wars shows, Marvel especially. Uh, just it's th- there's a lot to um, to me. Th- there's a lot of things on stake here and they have to make a decision real quick of of how they're just going to bring this home because if they don't it's going to affect a lot of different businesses and i'm not just talking about just like you know actors and and you know and the writers and everything but this is going to hit also a bunch of the movie theaters as well like you have to think about it People are the, the the main way they make money is people going to the movies and seeing them and and paying, you know, like these different streaming services. And if there's no new stuff coming out, people can't go to the movies unless they, you know, play old ones. And as much as 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 great as the classics are, people love going to the movies to see new movies. So they're running or out of time. They, or do they? <laughs> I mean, like, 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 you know, I mean, I know you said you don't really agree, but I, I kind of think, man, the streaming has messed up a lot of things. Like David was saying, people watch a movie, a movie comes out and then they're just like, oh, well, it's going to be out on Disney Plus or it's going to be on HBO. Yeah. In like a month. So I'm just going to wait for it to come out. And then it, it, it and, and that affects movies tremendously now. It, it's this is a weird thing that the 2020s will be remembered as a weird time for the movie industry. Um, even if I hope we get out of this, but every movie that's coming out, the like, is that supposed to come out next year? Is not going to come out next year. I, I'm no, absolutely not. Everything is being pushed back, so this is going to be a very strange time. And maybe by like 2026, 27, we may be back on track. But yeah. it's going to be a weird time in the next few years about yeah. this event. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so hopefully they get everything together because I, as y'all know, I am moving to Hollywood and I would like to, you know, get a good job while I'm yeah. there. And it's kind of funny that this is all happening at this exact moment. So it's yep. like, come on. And I heard that the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild have not been on strike together since the 60s. So it's been that long since both of those guilds mm. have been on strike. It's a crazy um, time. It is a weird time. So let's hope that the executives and sag can all reach an agreement and we everybody gets back to work yeah absolutely and now on to the bob Iger story uh, well i mean i feel like we <laughs> kind of which is you know my fault because i i jumped the gun but it's yeah 
How do you he guys wants, feel about that? He wants so in case y'all don't know, he has said that he is he wants to slow down Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, and, and mind you, I'm like you've already slowed down Star Wars pretty pretty drastically, but he, and he wants to slow down Marvel, which I will admit Marvel hasn't been hitting strong since Endgame. Like you have maybe one or two movies since Endgame that have been really great. I can tell you why, though. Why? Um, For Marvel, it's you had the home run cast that was Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth. You had that original team, and then you end their journey. But in a way, you're still continuing their journey by, you know, it's 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 not even that they're doing a soft reboot, but they're but they're. I mean, they are continuing the story of of Marvel with different characters that are, have very similar powers. So you have Captain America, but it's not Steve Rogers. It's Sam Wilson. You have a Hulk, but it's not Bruce Banner. It's his cousin. And then you, you just have so many similar characters coming in where it feels like they're recasting them, but they're the but basically they're very similar to the characters that were before them and i just and with all the shows that they're doing for marvel it's not that it's a lot it's just the choices are very interesting and i understand that they're trying to do the whole multiverse thing going forward and i think deadpool 3 will definitely be a great way to um to bring a lot of our dreams uh to light for uh, like the X-Men franchise and stuff like that. Um, and having Hugh Jackman come back as a different version of the Wolverine is going to be great. But I'm just doing that with Star Wars is different because I think he's putting Marvel and Star Wars in the same category. But in reality, if you think about it, all the Star Wars shows and movies are not as much as they've been doing with Marvel. Marvel's been a lot. They had a lot of projects come out last year, which was crazy. And they had a decent amount come out this year. And then you have, Star Wars, where it's not even close to the level that they have Marvel on, but Bob Iger is trying to put Star Wars in the category, which I think it, which is incorrect. I think he should mainly maybe lower the level of how much stuff they put for Marvel, but for Star Wars, I think they shouldn't go more than what they are now. I think they should keep at the pace that they're going, uh, because if they slow down, um, it's definitely going to hurt them in the long run because if you think about it, when the sequels first came back, you had Force Awakens. It was great. And then you had, you know, Star Wars Rebels coming out at the same time. And then you, you know, and that was like the main focus. And you had like the original Star Wars Battlefront and stuff. But then you had uh, and then, you know, going forward in 2019, you had the launch of Disney Plus. You had the Mandalorian. And that was promising. Now, if you slow down and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to focus mainly on film as much as I think Star Wars belongs in the cinema. In the long run, I think keeping with the um, pace that they are with the Star Wars shows, I think is perfect. I don't think it's over the top. I don't think it's even close to Marvel. I don't like that he's comparing the pace that that the Star Wars is going to Marvel because Marvel is is over the scale. You have shows coming out left and right, characters that we don't even have time to fall in love with, and then you just give them a whole show, and you're just like, okay, hang on, just slow down just slow down 
and they're not doing that. And and I just don't like how he's putting Star Wars in that category of 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 the way that Marvel is like all the Marvel shows are going. Yeah. Yeah, when I was younger, I it felt like I waited years for movies to be on physical media that I could actually watch at home. And now it it's startling to like turn around and be like that was just in the theater that or it's still in the theater. It's like it's already on digital. It's like that's it's such a weird world now that we live in in comparison to when I was growing up and I was dying to see them at home. Um now everyone just gets them right away and it's yeah there has to be some type of if, if there's not already some type of alliance between all these studios and say, hey, look, we need to retrain the public here. We need to stop dropping all this stuff on streaming and like have some like like pause, some take a breath, take a beat and just wait and don't have the public treat the theater experience as something a little bit more special than it is. Now, it is already special. It's awesome to go to the theater and everything. But I think the general public is just like. I'll just wait to see it in my living room and I don't have to pay $10 for a hot dog. You know I mean? It's, it's, it's that whole thing. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons was on, um, what was it? Paramount plus like two weeks after it was in, after yep. it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, and if you subscribe to Paramount plus, which is like five 99, now it's seven 99 a month. You could have just watched it. It was there. It was already, you didn't have to pay extra for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, David. I think they need, to get us used back to that old way of you know you watch a movie in the summer you gotta wait till october until it comes out on physical media you know and uh it's it's just such a strange such a strange thing and it's affecting it's affecting the, the movie going experience and it's affecting how they're making these movies now like like Iger said you know he wants to slow it down because it's not what it used to be and it's I don't know. I think it, it's funny. It's funny that the studios are saying it's not, like, it's not like it used to be. And it's like, well, it's your fault. It's not the way it used to be. But I don't know. So he wants to he said he wants to spend less on on projects now because that, that was kind of what he said. He wants to spend less with less projects. Right. Well, it, it to me, it kind of makes sense mathematically, because if you have lesser projects, you can actually spend more on Mm -hmm. the project but spend a little bit less per se but i mean there's just it almost feels like we went through a great experiment in a way after we got the sequels and then we got streaming see how disney handled star wars and it we got what we got from them it felt like they rushed out the sequels and now they're rushing out marvel series it seems like and they're they're like like expending so many assets and like the CGI artists and you hear stories of them just being worked to exhaustion. And that's the reason why the effects don't look as good anymore. And you go back to look at a film from 1993 Jurassic park, the effects are flawless because they had all the time necessary to spend on those effects and they still hold up to this date. Same thing with the Phantom Menace. I mean, those effects like really hold up. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, so much content that's being launched at our faces and it's if if we just if if we could just hold back a little bit and just take a moment and concentrate on a film i, I still think a film a year for star wars would work yes a, yeah. a series or two a year for star yeah. wars would work 
and make it an, an event. Like Kathleen Kennedy said, we want to eventize Star Wars, even though it really is still an event. You want to make it a bigger event? Yeah, I mean, make it a certain time of year, and we can all look forward to it and concentrate all your creative, all your your focus on that one project, and it should turn out great. And give the control to the creators. They're they're the ones that are actually making it. Yeah, it's, it's the people that are behind the desks and that are writing the checks. They they need to kind of understand that and look at history. Look at Alan Ladd Jr. when he hired George Lucas. He believed in the talent and he said, Well, I don't understand what Star Wars is, but I can spot talent. And I feel like you have the talent. So go do your thing. And George Lucas did his thing until the very last moments, and he wouldn't even be on that to, to complete Star Wars. Yeah. And it, it, it is really strange how. <sighs> it's it's like you know it feels like lucasfilm i'm not gonna say who in lucasfilm because i don't think it's the people we think but there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen at lucasfilm right now and there's a lot of people trying to to put their say in it and there's a lot happening and i I, i'm gonna say i don't think it is lucasfilm i think it might be good old disney who's kind of like hey this this is what we want this is what we need yeah we need this this out now because this is surely going to make a 700 million this is gonna make us 800 million dollars so we need you to hurry up and get this out we don't care how long it takes and then it's like we're gonna give you this 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 solo underperformance we're like okay we're not doing that anymore do something different now and it's like well we have all these projects like no we're not doing any of that switch it all And, and it was it's just really strange and i i feel and i know this is not a good statement but i feel like lucasfilm should should be lucasfilm and be on its own like it was i think it needs to get away from disney i think disney is what is kind of holding lucasfilm back from what it could possibly do i know that sounds bad but after watching the latest indiana jones movie and after hearing the statement from bob Iger, i'm like man lucasfilm needs to be what it used to be and make these independent films because that's what Lucasfilm was right. an independent company. I, I think we need to go we need to go back to that. So here's my thing is that you because Disney has the rights to to Lucasfilm and Star Wars and all that they I think we delivered on the promise of all these upcoming Star Wars projects and more Star Wars projects. But what bothers me is Bob wants to go back on his word. He's not going against someone else's word. He's going from his word of the statement that he made. Like, you know, if we get Star Wars, there will be a bunch of it. Like, and uh, and it will be done in a tasteful way. And he said that in the interview back in 2012, I, I think, of when they were like signing the contract and everything with George and, and, and Kathleen were there. So the fact that he's going that he wants to go back on his word of where he's like, hey, we like need to cut back for budget costs. Now, that's a big thing as well. It's just like, no, listen, what's happening is. One one studio that you have is not doing well, but now you want to make other studios suffer because of that one studio. No, that's not how it works. You need to cut back on. The one studio that is not doing so well. Keep the way that you're doing things with Lucasfilm. 
If you change that, that's going to hurt you in the long run. All right? Because Star Wars is big. Marvel is big too, but if you oversell it, then people are like, I mean, if Star Wars was in the same position as Marvel where they're like, you know what? Here is a gonk droid show. And it shows a gonk droid just going through all the different eras of Star Wars. You're like, wow, great background character. Cool, great. And then you have, here is the bartender that owned the cantina. And then he's just, you know, like, and that's what Marvel's doing. They're adding way too many characters. Dial it back, bring it back. And um, for for example, there is the show called Echo, right? That character was introduced um, in the Hawkeye series. And now, because of everything going on, her show has to suffer, where they are going to put all the episodes of Echo on Disney Plus at once. Not weekly, like a normal Disney Plus show. They're putting it all at once, and it's because we didn't have time to fall in love with the character. Like, maybe some people did. I... <laughs> I generally really didn't. So it's it, it was very interesting when they were like, here's the show Echo. And then they were like, we're going to release all the episodes at once. And you're like, why? And then Bob Iger like, ended up making the statement. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Because they just really want to get the ball rolling like to that plan that he's trying to do. Don't make another studio suffer because another one isn't doing well. That's not fair in my opinion. I think you should dial back Work in the studio that's not doing well and keep the one that is doing well. Lucasfilm is doing well. Just because Indiana Jones, which again, I in, in Indiana Jones didn't do well because of the behind the scenes factor. And, and it's because they kind of, of what you and I were saying earlier, James, which is they took away the, um, the freedom of the people that were actually working on the projects because they wanted to appeal to certain audiences, which is, fine but also you have to think of the fans fans are what makes these movies like you know you know keep going of the indiana jones franchise and it just didn't hit on the level that the studio wanted it to because they didn't listen to the fans and they changed it and steven spielberg left that's a red flag that's a big red flag right there so i think they really need to not make other studios suffer and by other studios i mean it's because of Marvel. That's why he made that statement. Marvel isn't doing well. So now the other studios that they own have to kind of suffer for what's going on with Marvel. That's not the problem, Lucasfilm. They should be separate. I'm with you on that, James. I think Lucasfilm should keep doing what they're doing, but they shouldn't have to suffer for um, for a failure of another studio. I think that's that's a terrible move, in my opinion. Yeah, when you brought that up, James, I thought about going to see the Dial of Destiny and seeing the big Disney 100 logo. And that was, like, was so weird. I thought yeah. it was the start of a trailer, and then it went no. to Lucasfilm. I was like, oh my gosh, they actually combined Disney, then Lucasfilm. I was like, the first time I think we've yeah. seen that. And that's, yeah, I'm seeing it. just kind of goes to show that they kind of know that they shouldn't like oversee as much as, as they are. Yeah. And I think Disney has all the opportunity in the world to treat Lucasfilm like its own like little studio yeah. and not mess with it and just just sign the checks. It's it's like if if one of you or me won like the Powerball and we won like let's say 4 billion dollars. So if we won 4 billion dollars, which is not possible, but um you go out and buy like a team, like a sports team 
are you going to go coach that team? No, you're not. You're going to let whoever can actually coach and do the work, do the work. And you're, you should probably just sign like the checks. Am I right? You got a point there because was it Buena Vista? Was there, was like their, was their distribution? Yes. That's, that's a hundred percent Disney, but they, they let Buena Vista be its own thing. And they released so many movies with Buena Vista and, you never felt it was a Disney, like Disney was overseeing what was happening. It was, they were like, right. we're, we're going to open this company for our more, um, I don't want to say adult themed, but like more mature. I know it still right. sounds weird, but you know, <laughs> and, and, and they didn't, yeah, I know it sounds weird to say that, but they didn't mess with it. They just, they just let Buena Vista do what they did. And a lot of people didn't even know that that was in fact Disney's company yeah. um, or it was Disney. They need, like you said, they need to do that with Lucasfilm. They need to be like, yeah. yeah, we have Lucasfilm, but Lucasfilm is doing its own thing, and we're just making sure they have everything they need. We're not gonna dive. We're not gonna like meddle with them. And I think that's what was wrong was that Iger and all the all the higher ups were just like, we need that Force Awakens out now. We need that movie out immediately. Yeah, the shareholders were we, like, what are you gonna do with that, Star Wars? We yeah, you paid four billion for it, out, even yeah. though they underpaid for it. They got it like on a steal because if you look at what they paid for 20th Century Fox, they paid like $78 million, $78 billion. Yeah, they, which yeah. was insane. It's so strange at how, how crazy it was at the beginning. And, you know, the shareholders are like, we need a movie out. We're building a, a whole park at Disney. We need money to pay for this park and we yeah. need people there. And, and it just, it, it's, I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like Disney should just let Kathleen Kennedy run her business, run Lucasfilm without Disney telling her and telling everyone else what to do. Because we heard, David and I heard from somebody, <laughs> it's it's kind of a mess. There, he This guy did some work for them, and we're not going to say who he sent it to, but he ended up saying, I can't even talk to anybody at Lucasfilm right now. He said, "It's there's so much chaos right now i cannot even get this approved right now because of everything that's happening so yeah i feel lucasfilm needs to be left alone and let mm-hmm. kathleen kennedy do what she what she wants to do yeah and because we're never going to know the full story maybe no. one day we're going to hear the whole story of who threw out the scripts who threw out george lucas's treatments for seven eight and nine you know because he was promised he was said, we're going to do yours. And then I don't know where they were like, nah, we're not going to do your movies. It's just, I don't know. Yep. So that's our opinion. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, can uh, well, we get into more like a happier kind of topics? Here we go. <laughs> Moving on. So Yay! Andor got eight <laughs> Emmy nominations, including outstanding drama series. However, Diego well, Luna did not get nominated. Yeah, what is up with that? Wait, that wait, of of uh, of what show didn't get nominated? No, no, Diego, Diego Luna, Luna did not get, did oh, not get nominated oh, specifically. Man. But yeah, I mean, a ton of Emmy nominations. Uh, I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. Eight no- Emmy nominations for Andor. Also, with nine Emmy nominations, The Mandalorian Season 3, which I don't think a lot of people saw that coming, but that happened. And... Five Emmy nominations for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was really shocked Kenobi got five. And then again, the Emmys are, 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 they have so many categories for each show. 
So there is an opportunity for a show like Obi-Wan to get nominated for limited anthology series. Which, I'm confused yeah. because I thought, what's the time frame for nominations for Star Wars shows? Like, um, because why wasn't Book of Bubba Fett on there? Maybe they just didn't get any. They didn't get any nominations. What? What? Oh wait, was I thought in the uh, Book of Boba Fett would have been uh, last year. Last year, yeah. Well, possibly. well, because of Book of Boba Fett and Obi Wan came out the same year. Yeah, Book of Boba was before Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they came out the same year. Well, those are the Emmy nominations: Andor, Obi Wan. And Mando season three. Why didn't our so, book of Boba get? Okay, now I'm confused. Very, yeah, very well represented at the Emmys. I'm happy for everyone involved. Um, tons of nominations for Star Wars, which is a great thing. Um, uh, b- before we go on, uh, Colin, book of Boba Fett was nominated, but it was last year. 20, it was for the yeah for last year's. They got nominated for um, sound editing, special effects, which they won. Um, and then uh, what else was there? Outstanding cost, fantasy costumes, and stunts. But then, why wasn't Obi Wan Kenobi? Because the, the cutoff. Because remember, Book of Boba Fett aired the, at the end of twenty twenty one. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, so yep. it, yeah, that makes more sense. So okay, because that confused me. So that, yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, and also, what's really upsetting, like I said, Diego Luna was not nominated for his performance. Stalin Skarsgård was not nominated for supporting actor for his performance. I thought he. I thought Skarsgård did amazing. Yeah, shoo-in, right? And then, uh, oh my God, what's her name? I'm, I'm, I'm not the best fan if I don't remember her name. Um, Fiona Shaw. Fiona, yeah, Fiona Shaw did not get nominated for supporting actress. Katie yeah. Sackhoff did not get uh, supporting actress nomination either. Uh, for, uh, for Mandalorian, right? But a certain episode in Andor did get nominated for like the best. I believe it was like the, I think the category was like the best episode or something like that out of, out of a show for the entire year. And and it was the One Way Out episode, which I think is well-deserved. Um, oh, yeah, and Andy Serkis didn't get guest. Yeah. Guest, uh, Outstanding writing for a yeah. drama series, One Way Out. It's so good that I, I still get chills from that episode. And every every monologue that, that a main character like a main or side character gave was just chilling um uh from uh from annie circus's character to luthan to um to uh i can't think of her name at the end of yeah fiona shaw yeah no it's just like all those speeches were just amazing and you're just like this is star wars but this is star wars in a whole new level this is crazy and Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the empire. Yeah, yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is the craziest thing. Fight the empire. You can see it. You can see the word. It's like Sigourney Weaver in uh, Galaxy Quest. You could totally see what she said, but (laughs) over it completely. And that was, yeah. Um, But no, I'm really glad Andor got the love. It it deserved. It's earned because that's a, we were talking about, I was on set the other day and we were like, what did you think about this? And somebody brought up Andor and, a lot of us were just like, "That's the best Star Wars show that's that's been out." In a, so like, much in a love, so many and, good uh, feelings towards that show. Tony Gilroy knocked it out of the park. He did it. Diego Luna was there. Fiona Shaw, brilliant. Stellan Skarsgård, brilliant. Uh, just incredible. But you you hire those. You you know what you're getting when you hire 
these actors. You know what I mean? Like you, they're going to deliver and all, everybody in that cast delivered tremendously. And like I said earlier, I'm a little upset. Katie Sackhoff didn't get a supporting actress nod for Mandalorian. Cause I thought she did a great job as Bo-Katan on in season three. She was very good. Every, every time she was on screen, I think she stole, she stole whatever scene she was in. So yeah, being the Katie Sackhoff fan that I am, I was kind of nervous about what kind of performance we were going to get from her. But I think she truly embodies that character of Bo-Katan, and no one had an issue with it. I know she joked about it on other <laughs> podcasts about certain percentages not liking oh, 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 lost David. But yeah, certain percentages not liking uh, Bo-Katan, which we all know how the, how she broke down those percentages. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I personally think Katie Sackhoff was amazing in Man- Mando season three and looking forward to seeing her in more, maybe even in Ahsoka. That was, th- that was hinted at and something that a lot of people aren't saying, but um, is true is that you do have uh, the, is, is that the events of Mando season three are happening during the same time that the Ahsoka show is happening. So, mm. My guess is maybe Bo contacts Ahsoka and is like, hey, I need your help again. We are trying to take back the planet Mandalore. Any chance you can help? And then Ahsoka's like, listen, I'm going through this whole time travel, timey-wimey, like, weirdness with Sabine. I I can't help you right now. I'm sorry. So I think (laughs) that's what's going to (laughs) happen. Let me ask you this question, both of you, both of you. This is pure speculation, pure Star Wars fun speculation. Okay. Is she going to go into the world of worlds, world yes. between worlds? Yes. And are we going to see scenes from movies? Yes. You're absolutely yes. sure. I I mean, Dave Filoni doesn't introduce something just to introduce you know someone, right? So you have Hondo Onaka that you know is a side character, but just think how, how much he has shown up in the Star Wars universe, and now you know. He's over at Galaxy's Edge, right? It's like, mm. and then you have the world between worlds. As soon as that showed up, I was like, there's no way that is just there to be there. He is not going to introduce something that's crazy not to do anything with it. And we saw hints of it in Star Wars Rebels of where they, you kind of heard echoes from different characters throughout the Star Wars franchise. And I think we're definitely going to see that. Um, but on a larger scale in live action. And it, I'm telling you right now, we're definitely going to have some type of Clone Wars flashback of some sort. There's no way they wouldn't do it there because this, this is Dave Filoni. This is hundred percent Dave Filoni. This is his baby. He has been side by side with everyone working on the show since day one, because he wanted to do the show. Right. So, I think we definitely are going to get some type of flashback of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars in some way in live action. I think we're going to have a Hayden Christensen come back. We are probably going to see um, a younger version of Tamara Morrison so we can get more of that, you know, Captain Rex vibe. Because I, I would be surprised if we didn't see Captain Rex in this. But I mm. think we're also going to see Captain Rex in the Clone Wars as well. And if they don't, missed opportunity. But I think Dave Filoni will deliver on that because he's doing this for the fans, and he knows what we want, and we and we wanted that. I know we want Kenobi. We didn't get it. We 
kind of got in a way of where like it was them you know during the attack of the clones you know type era but we didn't get like a clone wars flashback which i was hoping that we would get but dave filoni's working on this 100 percent. so you know that we're probably gonna get something big like that it's gonna be a big reveal it's gonna be the most watched scene out of the entire show because honestly a live action clone wars is what a lot of people want <laughs> so david what do you think about that so you just sparked an idea that I don't think I've thought about yet. Ooh. So You're if I were doing it, if I was Filoni, this is the way I would do it. You do go back into a classic Star Wars scene and you go back specifically, let's say like the throne room scene at the very end of Return of the Jedi with Vader and Luke fighting. When we're watching the movie and the cutaway happens to the space battle, that's when Ahsoka either drops in World Between Worlds and something takes place and then she's gone by the time the camera cuts back and we see them fighting again. Yeah, That's just the like way you do it to keep it in canon. So they actually did that um, in the Lego holiday special. Um, they actually did that exactly of what you're talking about. Be, uh, because of the did that exact scene and then Ray just comes out of nowhere and then Darth Vader and the Emperor are like, wait, what's going on? And then like Luke and Ray like fight them together and then it's like, oh, okay, this is very interesting. But <laughs> something like that already happened. Great minds um, think alike. Yeah. Great minds think alike. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it looks like there's so much happening in this in this show. Like off, yeah. based off the trailers we've gotten, there's a lot happening. And um, what's what's always really great about Star Wars? Oh, sorry, David. No, just David will come just keep going. Uh, just keep what going. always <laughs> what always um, cracks me up about these Star Wars shows is how much they show in the trailer, and how by episode four or five, you've already seen all the footage from the trailers. Okay, so, so, so here's here's my thing about that is that I don't feel like we've gotten that much as with the Star Wars shows recently. I think mm -hmm. we definitely got, uh, I think we definitely got that with Indiana Jones, the Dial of destiny, because if you watch the second trailer and the first trailer combined, you have all of the main critical story moments from those trailers. Mm -hmm. Like that are from the movie. So as soon as you watch the movie, you feel like you've already watched the entire movie, but with the trailers that we've gotten for Mando and stuff like that, I feel like we've gotten some of the picture, but not the entire picture. So, um, and especially with Ahsoka, you're right. This last trailer definitely had a lot of action, had a lot of action, had a lot of, uh, it seemed like there were a lot of plot points that were happening. Um, but my hope is that you're wrong. I think that's the main thing I'm hoping because I don't want the action moments that we saw in the trailer to be the best moments of the entire show. Well, no, what I'm saying is what I, what I love about it is, yeah, it's a lot of action, a lot of fun. But the fact that there's plot points we have no idea about, like we're probably going to get to episode five and then we're going to be like, oh, my goodness, that was amazing. And then we're going to be like, oh, we have no idea what's happening in the next the last couple episodes. Um, <clears throat> one thing I brought up to my brother and he got he was like, oh, please, no. I said, how upsetting would it be if the final part of the Ahsoka series is the ending of Rebels. <laughs> We're like, the whole series, the whole Ahsoka series is leading up to that moment when they're going to go look for, um, they're going to go look for Ezra. I think, I think that's wrong. 
I think well, I know it's um, wrong. Yeah, because right. in the trailer she has short hair for certain sequences. Right. But I was just thinking because based uh, off the first trailer and a little bit of this trailer, until we saw those moments, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that would suck so much." If yeah, it would. We we just get to the ending of Ahsoka and it's the shot for shot remake of the ending of the Rebels finale. We're like, "Oh great, they're still got to go look for Ezra." Five years later, yeah. Are we are we gonna see? Are they gonna find Ezra? Like, is is that going to be a moment? I mean, cause we're seeing Thrawn, but we don't know where in time Thrawn is going to be. You know what I mean? So do you think this is maybe Ezra? No, I've heard this. Nope. Why is this rumor gaining traction right now, David? I think it's because of clickbait. I really think that that that's false. And I, I can tell you why, because in the shots, if you look at his feet, he's got alien feet. It doesn't match up. Why on earth would Ezra go to that extent to hide? Dude, he, dude, he was hanging out with the whales, man. I mean, things, <laughs> hey, things those those purgles are just fine. You leave them out of this. Those look but like normal feet to me, Colin. Like look, nope, nope. I'm not talking about that shot. There, there's a clear shot where like his feet are different. I really don't think so like think Ezra. Two of these guys. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think that's Ezra. If 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 they end up making him Ezra, I think that is a terrible, a terrible mistake. And the reason why is because it's way too obvious. That's why I'm not I'm not thinking about it because I'm like, that's right there. That is right in her faces, and it's just have them. I I feel like the anticipation for them to go look for Ezra is because they have to do it through the world between worlds. Think about it. Ezra and Thrawn went into hyperspace with the windows like completely broken. And then they went to hyperspace. Nobody can survive that. So what better way to save them than getting access to the world between worlds? So you have an Indiana Jones situation. And I've already talked about this, but it's you you have the antagonist and you have the protagonist trying to do the same thing. They are trying to get to the main artifact, just like in Indiana Jones to to serve their agenda right so indy always wants to put the thing in the museum the villains want to you know use it for their own purposes in this case they want to the antagonists want to save thrawn the pro the protagonists want to save ezra and they need the world between worlds to do it so they can pull them out of that time um uh like Right before they go into hyperspace, that makes the most logical sense. That'd be crazy. I mean, awesome. And if, you know what? I I, lo- I love I love speculation. <clears throat> yeah. I love speculation. But man, that gets that that gets you in trouble sometimes. <laughs> you are. I'm not saying you, Colin. I'm saying everybody. Like, cause yeah. I've had high hopes for for a lot of these things. A lot of plot points I feel like should happen. A lot of things I feel like that needs to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, there's that little bit of a disappointment where you're just like, oh, man, really? That didn't. Which is why when you saw Grogu for the first time in Mandalorian, it was huge because he had no idea that was going to happen. You knew there was a baby. Yeah. You knew there was there was uh, some type of Yoda species, but the two of them together didn't make sense. It was like, oh, there's no way that's going to work. And then when you saw Grogu for the first time, it was like, oh, my gosh. And then he gets a book of Boba Fett. There's like this hype train of like there's gonna be a big you know climactic battle and then you get to the climactic battle and you're kind of like oh, okay that was that was that you i know? mean i thought the battle was actually pretty good for me it just it just kind of went on but then you get to like mando season three 
and I kind of gave up on what I thought was going to happen. And then I really liked the finale of season three. Right. It's just one of those things where us Star Wars fans will sometimes hurt ourselves because we have such high expectations. And we that... have such crazy <laughs> theories of what we want to happen. And when they don't happen, we're a little disappointed. That backtracks all the way to The Last Jedi. Man, do you remember all the Snoke <laughs> yeah. theories? Oh, my gosh, man. I remember all the Snoke theories. And I remember the hype around uh, Finn fighting Kylo Ren in episode seven and force awakens. Yep. I, I was like, Holy crap. We're getting, the, and then and I was like, yep. And, 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 and then they come and Snoke dies. Me. You're like, what? and yeah. then Palpatine yep. comes back. You're like, what? And it, it was just, um, what? it was just a little strange, but I feel like us star Wars fans, we kind of, we have a movie in our head before we even go watch We already have the story of the show in our heads before we watch it and then we're really disappointed when we first see it because it doesn't meet our expectations so for ahsoka i'm doing everything i can to just go into this one without really thinking of the plot points that i want to happen it's not that i want that theory to happen because i do but to me that logically makes the most sense if they're going to save those characters because then you have to think how did Ezra and Thrawn survive a journey like that through hyperspace? So pulling them out of the time stream, just like Ezra pulled Ahsoka out of um, the time stream before she got killed by Vader, that makes the most sense to me. And, and, and Ahsoka has experience doing that, so that's why it would make sense for Ahsoka to go do it. And the protagonists, you know, of being the villains they are, they, they would have probably thought of something, you know, very similar. So... To me, that makes the most sense. And I think the hunt to find Ezra is going to be the hunt to find the world in a, a other way to get into the world between worlds. And that's the best way to bring that element into Star Wars and make it make sense. I don't think they're going to have the world between worlds just to be there. I think it's going to play a big part of the story. And to me, logically, that makes the most sense. Unless uh, unless Ezra used some type of force bubble type thing and he like had it just holding in hyperspace the entire time. Because again, it how on earth would they survive in the bridge of going into hyperspace? Unless they went to go exit the bridge right before they went because because we didn't see that. Like Like we saw the ship directly go in. And we saw them on the bridge. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just mad at you, Colin, for for bringing that up. Because yeah. that's, great. that's a great plot. That's a great yeah. story for the show. And if it doesn't yeah. happen. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking about it <laughs> until you brought it up. That's what I'm saying is now that you brought it up, it's like that makes a lot of sense. These that are the things happen. that keep me up at night, James. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> these, are the, these are the things I think about when you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. Soka coming out. It's gonna be here very, very soon. August twenty third, and um, two episodes. Two episodes, twenty third, and I think it's gonna it's gonna have a lot of views because there are a ton of Clone Wars fans out there, and a lot of people love Ahsoka. So I think I think this is gonna have a pretty big. And plus, Filoni, he's he's the one oh, kind yeah. of doing it all. So see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to uh, recognize this classic game right here, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, otherwise known as KOTOR. It's uh, celebrating <laughs> its 20th anniversary, which makes me feel not young. 
And uh, this story <laughs> is brought to you by uh, Star Wars Newsnet. Um, there's a story here that talks about uh, Bioware, who is now world-renowned, world-famous. Um, Casey Hudson from Bioware, um, I believe, has a quote here. Um, he said, uh, we would have been blown away by the player reaction that KOTOR has received over the years. We were pretty ambitious about making something really special. We had no expectations about what would happen next. At that time, Bioware had made some good games already. Uh, we just wanted to meet them, meet the expectations of quality and make something we would be proud of. And I have so many fond memories of this game, of that time period. It was around the time the first Xbox dropped. I played it on that. Um, was it available on any other console other than the, Xbox PC? The first game was strictly for for Xbox. Um, yeah, so I was playing that thing hardcore. I'm not a big time RPG person, but um, it just it's just one of those games that you can't stop playing. And then like the huge twist that's in the game, um, it kind of vaulted it to one of an, one of the all time games that was released at the time. And I think still is is on top ten lists of all time of being one of the best, not just Star Wars games, but just yeah. overall the shocking thing that happens. And yeah. one of the one of the biggest, I think, one of the fan favorite characters is in that game as well. And um, just the just the just the gameplay itself. I mean, I, like I said, I I was never like a Final Fantasy guy or an RPG guy, but I, I could totally play this game. I mean, Star Wars Element had a lot to do with it, but it it was super intriguing and super fun. And it, it took you back many, many years before what we what we saw in live action in the films. And I had a lot of fun with it. And that's where I want to kind of segue into into Star Wars Outlaws because a lot of people are saying that Star Wars Outlaws is the first um, open world Star Wars game, and I'm like, did you play Knights of the Old Republic? I mean, yeah. that game was so open world, and I know that they're doing that to kind of draw the to draw the public's attention. And I get it, I understand. Um, but there were a lot of new details that actually did um, that actually recently did come out. For example, the main ship that that you see in the trailer is called the is called the Trailblazer, and it's got a lot of inspiration from a lot of different spaceship models from the 1970s and 80s. Uh, and the game features a um, a a system, uh, a game system where you will uh, be able to talk to a lot of the different uh, factions and clans throughout Star Wars. Some, some that we know and some that we don't know. Like, for example, like, what we saw in the trailer, like a big faction that we do know are the huts and, and the pikes. And that will play a big part in the game. Uh, and then you can also select quests and, and areas can only be accessed if you're on good terms with certain factions. Uh, which, again, it's a big role-playing game. So again, that's why I'm just like, Knights of the Old Republic was like the first big role-playing game. So I don't know why you're doing it, but at, at the same time, I know you're doing it just to get the public's attention. But I, uh, and if you're not on a faction's good side, they may send teams to chase you down. Uh, and then for the plans and locations, um, uh, 
hopping from from planet to planet will definitely feel like a journey every time. So if if from getting in, into the ship from the planet you're on, you actually get to go all the way up into space. It's not a, it's not a cutscene like you actually get to do it, and then you get, get to fly like around the planet, and then you can choose what planets you want to go to. Uh, and go through hyperspace and then go from there. So it's it's a limit on the cutscenes that they have, which is pretty cool. And then uh, the size of the planet, um, uh, a size of one planet might be equivalent to two or three zones in Assassin's Creed um, of, of, of the new one. And planet locations are handcrafted and not um, not procedurally generated. Yeah, not recycled planets, all made from scratch. Yeah, this is wild. How, how much storage are you going to need for this game? Probably a lot. A lot. Probably a lot. <laughs> uh, and and I'm not even done. There there were a lot of de- details that came out for this, and this game isn't coming out until until next year. By the way, we we just don't have like an official date of when, but it is coming out next year. Uh, the game will the for combat, the game will offer full freedom of approach when taking on enemies. Nyx can be directed to attack foes, activate out of uh, reach buttons, cause distractions, and more. We actually saw that in the trailer. Uh, Nyx was compared to uh, to Bioshocks, Infinities, Elizabeth, and Star Wars Jedi's BD One. Um, that's that's the, her little um, pet. Yeah. Yep. Her little her little dude who runs with her. Yep. And then for the settings and visuals, the game is set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, I really like that fact. Yeah, yep. I love the fact that we're 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 gonna be hearing things, we're gonna be seeing things. We've definitely the- had a couple of the stories that have taken place during that time. We know that Kira was trying to get Han uh during that time period, and she was trying to steal him from Boba Fett on his way over to Jabba's Palace. I don't think we'll get that story, but like there's different elements, and then also um Chewie and uh Leia actually meets Maz Kanata for the first time during that time period because she actually gets her um gets her Bonnie Hunter disguise um uh by by meeting Maz Kanata during that time period. So who knows? We end up uh might seeing uh, Maz. Uh and then finally visually the developers have uh uh um uh, I can't say the word. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, but basically, the the uh, whole vibe of of like of what you're seeing on screen is gonna feel like you're playing a game in the 70s, but with great graphics, and it's gonna feel like that authentic Star Wars experience that was made in the 1970s. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see. You know, but I'm nervous about it. It's so big. It's so huge. It's probably going to get pushed back another year. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm afraid of is that it's going to get pushed back to 2025. It's still on track. Writers or actors involved? Well, I mean, you have voice actors. Yeah. Yeah. But before we go on, hold on. Um, Out of nowhere, just last week, I saw a picture of um, Lupita Nyong'o and uh, Carrie Fisher together Mm -hmm. in a scene from The Force Awakens. Like, not, she wasn't. you know, Maz wasn't fully rendered, but it was just her. They're just talking yeah. to each other. And it was like, man, I want to see that scene. I know we're not what we're talking about, but I, I still want to see the scene of when, when Leia's handing the lightsaber. Yeah. To, to yeah. Maz. yeah. So, um, 
I think oh. we got some recycled. Like, I mean, it wasn't exactly that, but we got something very similar and um like not the exact scene, but I think we got some scenes of where they were together in Rise of Skywalker, but that was recycled footage from The Force Awakens. And then they just kind of put Leia in that um in that area, but yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I'm sorry. You brought up Maz and I was like, "Wait a second. I just saw Yeah. This. Yeah, this past week. Anyways, yeah, so I I'm definitely excited for the game. I think we all know how I how I feel about the customization. I really like if if this is a if this is truly an open world Star Wars game, a role playing game, give us customization. I think the character the the main character will be great, but I want to be my own character. That's why I love playing these um, these open world games is so I can see myself in the character that I'm playing. And um, and if they do something very similar to Assassin's Creed, um, I think that would be great. It's still early in the process. They have time to, you know, do that. They haven't announced if they're doing that. They they they've not denied that there's not going to be any customization. Uh, so going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing. But I am very excited for the game, and I think getting on your own ship and oh, and 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 then also like not just your character, but to design your own ship, to design your own blaster, that would be awesome. So just just do that. Just, <laughs> just do it like it's 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 right there in front of you just do do star wars gta not to the limit of gta of what you do in gta <laughs> but have that game style like do that and people will lose their minds disney will make more money than they have ever made in their entire life from a game it like just on, on honestly that's what the gaming community wants um for a star wars game is a big open worlds star wars game where you can play with friends um you, you know yeah. colin you almost sounded like george lucas directing star wars there with just just do it it's right there just 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 do it just yeah. do it. just <laughs> in case i don't know that was what uh harrison ford said george lucas told him yeah <laughs> he yeah. said how do i say this line and george lucas is like just just say it yeah it's right it's, there it's, yeah <laughs> i can't just say that yeah <laughs> Love, you don't have to understand what you're saying. You can just say it, man. <laughs> I, lo- I love that George Lucas was like, just say it and I'll fix it in editing. It's fine. Yeah. Um, there will be no custom away fans. Uh, well, <laughs> okay. So that just sounds like that's coming from you, whoever you, you Facebook user are, but because they have not officially said that there will be no customization that has not come from from the studio themselves from all the reports i've seen i've not seen anything where there will not be any customization because they're still in the process of making the game and they're trying to finalize everything so i'm holding on hope if if that's what you want good for you but (laughs) i honestly think that if they have customization that will be a big game changer going forward i'm still hoping and if they have to make a whole separate game and i gotta wait longer i gotta wait longer but honestly I think a big open world Star Wars game where it's like, you know, Red Dead Redemption, GTA style, I think would be very, very cool. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else does anyone else have anything um else to talk about in regards to our favorite galaxy far, far away? Uh, I just found out that there's a theater near me that plays old movies and a new hope was playing today, and Empire Strikes Back is playing next week. So I'm probably going to go check that that out. <laughs> I just found this. Somebody was like, oh, you live in Anaheim? Well, there's this place. And he told me about it. And I was like, there's a theater. that On actual there. film? Yeah. I don't oh, know. Oh, wow. 
That's cool. Oh, it's actual film, but we'll see. But uh, but yeah. So I'm yeah, really to see a new hope on film would be awesome. Yep. Uh, see, yeah. So I saw. But then again, it wouldn't be the special edition, would it? Or special it edition was on film, right? Yes. So okay. I had the opportunity of seeing the on, like it 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 wasn't. It was the original version of the films that were actually in the theater when it came out. So it wasn't special edition or anything. And I remember watching them in a theater with people because they're having a special event. And I and I never saw them. Uh, I, I never saw the original versions until a couple of years ago. And I remember just being blown away. Of just being like, this is what people experienced back in 1977, 1980, and 1983. This is really, really cool. And I wish that they gave more people the opportunity to do that. Um, so, you know, hopefully they do that in the future. Of uh, of where they they put it in maybe different certain movie theaters for, uh, for a limited time. But to have my kid experience like the original version that would be a dream come true of seeing that with them. And I think a, a lot of parents that actually had the opportunity to see it when they were younger back in 1977 would also love to show, you know, their kids the original version. So hopefully they do that in the future. Yeah, I tried that with my kids, Colin. They didn't like it. Oh, well, <laughs> your kids aren't really big Star Wars fans on the level that you are, as far as you've yeah. told me. So I've heard some stories as to why George Lucas kept messing with um the movies and i'm not gonna say why but uh does kennedy have anything to do with games? <laughs> how um, are you gonna say that on the podcast and not <laughs> talk about it because <laughs> it's a rumor i don't want to go off of rumors well just say it's a it, rumor it's a, a, uh, well let's, do let's not address, guilt trip him david let's address this does kennedy have anything to do with the games probably not games. she hires her um she i mean lucasfilm has their own yeah video game company and they are the ones who are overseeing all the video games she probably hears about it but she's letting them run that that side of the of of the franchise so um so yeah that's my understanding of how they're doing things there but who knows yeah it almost feels like the story group is keeping that all kind of in check and making sure that they don't do anything that kind of disrupts canon and Mm -hmm. i think once that's done because I don't think Kathleen Kennedy reads like every book and sees yeah. every comic book and that yeah. to that level. So unless she is, I mean, that would kind of explain why she didn't see the production of Solo until the last two weeks. I mean, yeah, what was she just... doing? That would explain that. But um, so the rumor I heard was, <laughs> of course, we all know the maker went through a uh, a nasty divorce back in the eighties. Oh and... yeah, yep. Apparently, she owned a little bit of Star Wars, and he would have to pay her. But the more he changed the movie, the more it wasn't what she owned. And so that paycheck was getting smaller and smaller. Whoa. So so the rumor (laughs) has it is the reason he changed it so much was so she would have less of a say and less of an ownership over Star Wars. Interesting. And again... This is just a rumor. This is just a rumor. Sponsored so by listen. James Herrera. Just no, a rumor. I, I, I didn't say. I didn't. Make <laughs> I, heard, I heard this from somewhere. Okay, I heard this from somebody who knew somebody who who read something. So I also know someone that knows someone as well. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, 
So that's, <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that there. there okay. Go. All right. Interesting. Awesome. Interesting. So, yeah, I think that's the podcast. I'd just like to thank everyone today for joining, for listening, for subscribing to our YouTube. All the people that we met at the Comic-Con Car Show in San Antonio, subscribe to YouTube. And, yeah, yes. click the like button, subscribe, definitely. If you unsubscribe, resubscribe back. So, Instagram. <laughs> you won't get rid of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please. Please don't leave. Come back. We are also on Instagram. Colin runs that Star Stuff Podcast. Ooh, let's go. We're also on Threads. Yeah. Star Stuff Podcast. What is this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? We're also on Twitter, at Stuff Pod. I've communicated with few people on Twitter, especially someone in Australia. I mean, who, hey, uh, communication is a great thing to have a relationship so there you go twitter communication let's day. go yeah so yeah <laughs> twitter add stuff pod and of course we're on patreon we do random episodes james and i usually will do a patreon daily sometimes colin sometimes not sometimes other people and also we're dropping all the clone wars commentaries that christian star cap josh colin will do hunter uh, and hunter there's a lot of people. I'm <laughs> so going to tell them that you forgot Hunter. It's fine. Go ahead. Oh, well, he'll, he'll listen. He'll hear it. <laughs> so we're also on TikTok. Star Stuff Podcast. Just search us up there. You can email us if you want. We we got a pretty cool email uh, from someone that was at the, the, the Comic-Con car show in the audience at the Katie Sackoff panel. And he was like, yeah, I totally raised my hand when Ted asked. Anyone listen to the Star Stuff podcast? And he was like, "Yeah." And we we heard me and James were there. We heard like a smattering of of clapping, and we're like, "Oh my gosh! Wow! People, wow. people actually care. People actually listen. This is great." We were like, "Wow, that was, that was so great." So yeah, yeah, That's we funny. we got an email, and I I responded, and uh, we're gonna have a a conversation now uh, via email and Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. <laughs> We have an official page. We have a Star uh, Stuff podcast Facebook group. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Tim Sites, he drops a lot of memes. I drop yes. a lot of memes. Sites. Lots of laughs in there. Also, we drop news and try and drop the latest breaking stuff there. Um, also, if you listen to us on Apple, give us five stars, write a review. That ends up being about David. It's a nice totally review. Fine. Yeah, that much appreciated. Also on Spotify, give us five stars there. Be very helpful for the podcast. Which I just, which David just told me this, and I didn't know this, but if you go on Spotify and if a podcast actually does like a recording of not just the audio, but the visual as well, it will show up on Spotify. So you can see our lovely faces on Spotify as well, which is pretty cool. So that that's only if I load the video, which is okay. Not so coming. David will load the video and you will see her lovely faces. You are not giving me extra work, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have starstuffpodcast.com. This is really new. James has written a few really good articles on there. Colin is about to write one. Ray just added one uh, for the month of June. And um, I think I'm going to write something in regards to the Comic Con car show. The nice. whole Katie Sackhoff being not one experience because nice. it was really cool. And um, we did a podcast about it, but I, I think there's more that you'd like to read and see. So, yeah, check us out there. And that is it. I'm looking at the comments here. Uh, someone's off to cut their grass. So Nice. Well, thank you for letting us know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 
what kind of lawnmower are you using? <laughs> On that note, thank you very much for joining us, and may the force be with you always. always. This is, this the, is way. the way. Oh, sorry, nerds. <laughs>